Hey, hey, hi, hi, hi. Um, welcome to I Know I Know, a solo Beatles video cast where I talk about the four solo careers of all of the Beatles. Um, today we have the guy, the other leg, I should say, um, the nice guy, Andy Nichols, to talk about the 2002 mix of Mind Games, the album. I know I already reviewed it. I know I know I did. And, um, but we're back at it. So, first of all, Paul announced another children's book. Are you going to get that for your nephew? I will. Okay. What's it called again? Green Submarine or something? Yeah, Grand Dude and the Chillers in the Green Submarine. Yeah, that'll just be a, I'll, I'll buy it for him. And at the holidays, when I visit him, I'll go read it to him. But I won't buy a copy of it. Will you? No. Okay, good, good. Well, um, thanks for having me on today, uh, Hudson, you know. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome anytime. So first of all, before we get into the topic. Yeah. Andy Nichols, what are your top five McCartney albums? Top five McCartney albums. Okay. On the spot, but I like that um include this is including wings right this is like everything under one umbrella right um okay ram red rose speedway london town chug of war and flaming pie good choices thank you london town's a little less for me, but Red Rose Speedway has really gone up in stature for me personally. It's nice to see. Now, were you, for, did you like the album before the archive release of 2018 or was that kind of in, brought it to your kind of forefront? Um, I think I just had the album before. I don't think I even knew that the archive, I wasn't like super paying attention to reissues. Then, sure. But I think it's a perfect album. It's not probably not a top five, but it's a top 10 album for me. It's a top 10 album for you. Yeah. Um, I've always had a soft spot for that record. Um, yeah, it's full of ballads and stuff and little lamb dragonfly. And you've got the medley on side two, which my, my partner detests and I will go to the death to defend it. And he knows that. Um, but it's, it's McCartney doing what McCartney does best. And that's just, you know, really kind of effortless, effortless, um, melodic songwriting and people either like that or don't like it i agree it's, it's a perfect album it really is no argument here um it's been my number one album for as long as i can remember um I, yeah i just and i like i think i think part of it and you might agree with this is the fact that um it's the one that a lot of people don't go to you know everybody goes to band on the, everybody went to band on the run in the last decade or so now everybody kind of gravitates towards Ram. Ram is like the great one to watch and, and love now, you know? So I kind of, it's that kind of has always been like the one like, okay, well, hey, this album is just as good as the Pen on the Run people, in my opinion, you know, give it, give it a chance. And I mean, you saw with the, um, in 2018, when they put the Wings Mega, you know, the 71 to 73 box out, that got some really good reviews. Yeah. Um, deservedly so, long overdue in my opinion. Now, kind of reverting back to the topic, what are yeah. your top three least Paul McCartney albums? Least, okay. Um, are we including Fireman and all that stuff too, or not? Or just sticking with the main canon, like Tom and I have been doing? Sticking with the main canon. You can include cover albums though, so like the main twenty-seven, including Electric Arguments. I call that a Paul album. 
I, I kind of agree with you. Three of the least favorite, uh, Driving Rain, number one. And again, we'll get to this when I review it. Like I enjoy, I enjoy that record. It's, um, but compared to everything else, I can't rank it higher than those other records. So Driving Rain, one. Uh, press to Play, two. And three, I'll, I'll say uh, the Russian album. Yeah. Driving rain's higher, but Russian album belongs in the bottom. Yeah, and I'm glad you included covers albums because, um, you know, I, I feel that his 80s period is, you know, I, I think it's actually a little bit uh, underrated. And, and I do too. I'm, I'm in the process of researching and writing a book uh, that's just focused on his 80s material and why it needs to be reassessed. Um, working, ti working title of the book at the moment is called My Brave Face. Paul McCartney's lost quote unquote decade. And I'm going to kind of use some, uh, you know, research period, you know, kind of pull some reviews from the time and kind of compare them to now and kind of defend those records in that 10 years. So that's a long range project that I've been working on. That will, you, I will be the first in line to buy that book. You won't have to buy it. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> um, now back to George. What are your five favorite George Harrison albums? Okay, well, I said everybody else out there in Beatle world, we're going to put All Things Must Pass one, which I think I think that's just universal. That's you know, but assuming that that's number one, I'll go thirty three and a third, two, uh, Cloud Nine three, live, uh, Living in the Material World four, and Self Titled five. Oh, good choices. Yeah, thirty three and a third is an awesome album. It's the comedic, lighthearted side of George, which I think more people need to see. So many people get lost up in mythical, super serious, heavy topic George, spiritual George, which is what that first album is. So, you know, first proper solo album is that they forget that he was actually a pretty witty, funny guy. I know. And that's what that record is. You know, this song and really just kind of just taking the mickey on himself, really, on a lot of those songs, which is why I like that record. Do you like it too? Oh, love that record. Except yeah, Smokey. I'm not a fan of that song. Agreed, but it's got it's just got a nice. He's got Willie Weeks on bass on that record. Um, you know, it just opens up with that woman, "Don't You Cry for Me." Great bass hook. Great bass hook on that. You know, I love that. Just... No, he's got that spiritual stuff on that record with that song, "Dear One," but that's a great song too. Oh, that's like a perfect side one all the way through. All the way through. So yeah, um, if we're gonna just leave all things must pass on its own thing. Cause it's, how do you, how do you top that? You know? So it's like, so, but after that, definitely 33 a third would be like, I listen to that more than all things must pass. Yeah. I, I don't have the time to sit down and listen to a double album once a week. I really don't. No, it's the beauty of single records that are just, you know, about 40 minutes in length, put it on, flip it over, done. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why I wasn't happy why Flaming Pie is on two LPs because I like to, well, if you, if you can ever find an original copy of Flaming Pie, it is one LP. I'd like to not sell my liver. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Ethan about that. He might have one. <laughs> yeah. Um, George is tough because George and John are tough because, of course, their discography is so limited compared to Paul and Ringo, obviously. Um, so when you're talking, I don't like to, I mean, everybody has their favorites, but, um, and we like just about all of it, right? This and this, in this Beatles world. So 
but when John and George, it's, you know, really becomes, you know, they're so limited. George has a little bit more than John, but it's still limited in terms of what you're picking. So, and obviously, you know, today's topic, uh, you know, John is just, you know, going to focus in on mind games too. Yeah, I think John has more compilations than George and Paul's John studio albums combined. I think that's probably a fair statement. I mean, you think, I mean, off the top of our head, what do we got? We got, let's go back. Shaved Fish. Yeah, Shaved Fish. Shaved Fish, right? 75 issued in his lifetime. Uh, the John Lennon Collection, 82. Um, uh, the If you want to call the Imagine Soundtrack a compilation to the film, three. The Lennon 1990 box set, okay. Lennon Legend or something. Lennon Legend, which came out in 98. That's five. Working Class Hero. Uh, Lennon Anthology, the box set, six. Working Class Hero, 2005, seven. Um, then you had in 2010, when the 70th birthday archive uh, campaign went on, there was a Give Me Some Truth <laughs> thing of just his hits on that. Eighth. That's... Eight. that's the same name for a different compilation. Give me some truth, right? A box, a box, a, a compilation box set, which was, which was forced, and that was called Give Me Some Truth Eight. Now that's 2010, and then I think nothing really until power this. Power to the people, the hits. Power to the power to the people, the hits nine, but that was pulled from the same. That was pulled from the same thing. I think I have it right here. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, it's pulled from the same thing. So like you have this compilation, right? Give me some truth, which oh, is just a, which is just a compilation of four CDs of just, and now there's like themes to them, right? So like, it's just like, you know, one CD is called Borrowed Time and the other one's called Working Class Hero. Oh, I like that. And the other one's called Woman and the other, and then the other one's called Roots. So all the, all the discs have a theme to them, but it's still a compilation, but they're all, they're all pulled from the 2010 um, remasters, which are just kind of faithful remasterings of the original recordings as we're gonna discuss here. Yeah. Except so there's so, yes did walls and bridges mix you're right yeah right the 2005 no the 2010 one the, I think. because of that was faithful yeah i think we'll, well we'll we'll discuss walls and bridges and there's i have i generally like those 2000 ish remixes but the walls and bridges ones i have i'm sure you will agree there's some issues with that yeah isn't the cover off till the cover the covers the cover's been changed and yoko kind of changed up some uh she she put herself in on at the end of surprise surprise sweet bird of paradox on the 2005 remix yeah yeah this is how i feel about the 2005 <laughs> remix yeah uh just when you're when you're changing the artwork like that was the one where it just it was not and then of course sometime in new york city was truncated from a two disc original thing to um a condensed one disc version. So if you're looking at it in terms of uh, being faithful to John's vision, those 2000 and those, those early 2000s remixes are not um, kind of to what he, so I guess, I guess that's why in 2010, they were all done again, the way John did them. But those, they have, you know, pros and cons, those, those 2000, early 2002, I mean, because it started in 2000 with Plastigono Band and then Imagine and then, um, into mind games and walls and bridges and rock and roll. So there was some really, I think they're the go-to in terms of some of those, but um, you're spot on with, with walls and bridges. I mean, even, I mean, the artwork that, that the original artwork walls and bridges is iconic. Why, why mess with that? You know, That's possibly the greatest album cover of the seventies. 
can't argue with you. <laughs> Ram may be right behind it, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's um, you know, you got like the artwork in like a hybrid thing, and even to try to find an original copy of that album is not is no easy task these days. Where with the trifold flip thing. Like there was one in the store, the antique store that I buy vinyl at. It's got writing all over the cover for twenty bucks, and I'm like, Nah. Do, what What do you have? What copies do you have of it? I only own a 2010 reissue. A 2010 does it? Does it have the flap or no? Yes, it does. It hurt my feelings. Take the shrink off of it. Interesting. Um, that's a 2010 reissue. Um, is that a? So that's a 2010. Remastering. Okay, so it's not based off the 2005. Interesting. Apple yeah. label? Yeah, original. Okay, so they just reproduced it. A uh, UK? A okay. UK? Yeah, UK yeah. Label. Very nice. Very nice. Not, I haven't seen those in, 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 my, in my past. And you had talked to me, you had messaged me about that, uh, you know, the album of our topic today being uh, available on vinyl, which I couldn't believe. Yeah, um, it's the Ethan Alexanian actually told me that the MoFi edition is this CD pressed on vinyl. That is amazing. Now I need to go sell a liver to get that. Take it easy on the liver. You only get one, you know. <laughs> huh. Did I lose you? You're back. No, you froze there for a sec. We're back. We're back. You, you, your, uh, your, your video. You never went off screen, but your audio dropped. I couldn't hear you for a sec. Yeah. Um. Miming, I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very interested. So, when did that come out? Do you know? I think it was 2005. Wow. You know. So. Um. Yeah. So you know, in terms of Lennon, I forget forget where we were where we were started. You were asking favorite albums of each of the Beatles. So long tangent <laughs> yeah it happens what is your least favorite um lennon album just oh sometime in new york city do you like Which... that album at all i do oh it's I, a good album i do like it um it's you know but with everything else that he's done um it's just Again, it become we all we we like these albums just to varying degrees. It's like I was just saying with Driving Rain. If we listen, if we didn't like them, we wouldn't go out of our way to buy this edition, that edition, this remastering. We all like it. It's just what level or degree do we like them more or less? Right. Um, so I enjoy it. You know, if I wanna if I wanna get into that kind of mindset where I want to channel what John John was thinking and doing in '72 when he was '71 when he got to America and he. He was kind of being influenced by the, the radical lefts of Abby Hoffman and uh, all those guys. I'll put that on just to see where he was, you know, just to kind of get into that vibe again. Um, you know, it's not a record that you play every day of the week, but um, I don't anyway. Maybe other people do. And if they do, good for them. But um, the, 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 the live jam, is a, that's a tough listen, though, for me. The, the Zappa jam from 1969, I really can't. Yeah. Do you like it? Oh, I hate it. Okay, good. Good. Um, so on for those reasons, that's that without you know, because again, limited discography. How do you how does and somebody again, somebody might place sometime in New York City above a Walls and Bridges or an Imagine or a Plastic Ono band. Or how, why or how? It's interesting. But if they like it, they like it. I, I wouldn't do that. And I don't think you would either. Yeah. Um, maybe if I was, you know, really sick of this album, 
which I almost am because I've played this to death over the years. Now, how did you how did you land your copy of uh, that 2002? Because as you know, CDs are pretty scarce these days. You can only get them on Amazon or used, and you can't you can't go to Target and buy mind games anymore. You just can't. No, I mean, so our friend of the show, Craig Kane, who lives pretty close to Tom, sent me this actually after I did the episode on the actual LP. On the album, yeah. And I said, I think the 2002 mix is good. I just haven't heard it. And he emailed the address and he was like, I'll send so you. So did, did, had you, had you at least heard it uh, like a ripped copy or digitally or anything, or you, you were, or find a copy online or you didn't even, or you when you played the CD, that was your first exposure to it. This was my first exposure to it. So knowing the album as well as you did and you reviewed it, when you, when you played, when you put that CD on, were your ears like, Holy crap, this is so much brighter. It was. Yeah, that's the thing. This was already like my second favorite Lennon album. Even though it's like, eh, so missing. Eh. Yeah, like it's it's it, it's plodding along. It's kind of laid back and chill, you know. Um, and I see Missen just goes on and on and on and on and on. But uh, and then it goes, and then you go right into like falsetto with one day at a time, which I give Lennon, I was I listened to the CD this morning in preparation of our show today, and it's like the the outtake of one day at a time on the Lennon and on the Lennon anthology from 98 I actually like better because he sings it not in falsetto it's better I'll have to look up that version it's it's better because he's not you know and I give him credit because he was trying something new vocally but man hearing John Lennon do falsetto is uh, something you don't <laughs> you don't expect to hear every day no so we're gonna play a game that I'm kind of taking from your show, Player Skip. Okay. Mind Games, the single, obviously, oh. it, I don't, it didn't do very well on the charts. Unfortunately, it should have been a number one single. Should have been. I believe it, I don't know if the single did or the album did. I think it got to number nine, I think. Let's let's consult the Oracle here, which I like to just refer to because Chip and Mark Easter's Eight Arms to Hold You book which I've had for 20 years, which oh, wow. chronicles the, the entire solo Beatles canon. And Tom and I referenced it on our show. Um, there's a PDF version available now that you can get from them. Hudson, I highly recommend you, I will get that. you, you download that because it's, um, it's, on, it's on their website and it's updated actually, because this goes up until 2000. Their PDF had an update, I think through 2015, I want to say. Okay. So uh, I think it's only like 20 bucks, but for an ardent Beatle scholar and researcher like yourself, it's definitely you need it. Um, so let's see. Uh, the album, I think. Yeah, the album got to nine. Of course, it doesn't tell me what the the single charted here, but I think I think the album got to number nine, which is pretty um, pathetic. But um, my play it or skip it. I mean, how do you skip Mind Games? Um, this is top three songs on the album top three for me top three Lennon songs of all time solo Beatles included oh uh, no, no 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 just just Lennon okay if I'm ranking my top five ten Lennon songs mind games is probably one yeah what are your top three Lennon songs just curiosity mind games um remember and uh how from imagine I'll say oh good good choices yeah woman's in there for me i gotta squeeze woman in there yeah so what do you have what are your top three woman 
I know, I know. Scared. <laughs> no, scared. Um, what's that song called? Not scared. Um, what you got from Walls of Dreams? What you got? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard the um, the WNEW interview with Scott Muni when John uh, goes? I'm, I'm sorry, not with Scott Muni, with uh, Dennis Elsis when he was promoting Walls and Bridges. Not yet, but he said it was like a pretty dark time. Well, well, yeah, because it was the walls. And I'll send you the link. It's it's on YouTube. I actually, I think I even have the file. I can email it to you. It's a wonderful show where he just popped into the studio to promote Walls and Bridges. And he he promotes and he talks pretty much track by track about the album. Um, now, the, 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 the version I have cuts out the uh, the songs because it was on the radio. But somebody taped it and turned it into an MP3. And, uh, and most of it's on YouTube, too. I'll send it to you. But um, he's like reading commercials, doing the weather and stuff. And talking about walls and bridges and being that you're such a big fan of that album i think you'll really dig that that interview it's um with dennis elsis wnew fm new york september of 74 if you want to just google or youtube that but uh after yeah it's uh it's it's worth your listen you will as a walls and bridges fan you'll definitely appreciate that so what you got in your top three interesting yeah one of the few rockers of his solo catalog yeah, and Walls and Bridges, as you know, also includes the only Lennon instrumental in his whole career. Beef jerky. Beef jerky. Like better than the A side. <laughs> you do, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's like, that was our topic because Kit O'Toole and I did a show on Walls and Bridges. We taped it on Wednesday. Oh, cool. So that we were, because her and I are not fans of whatever gets you through the night, interestingly enough. Too much sax? Too much Elton. Too much Elton. Elton fan, but it's just she loves her horns. So, so you think you think Elton's too much in that track, right? I just don't like that song very much. Did you hear the new version, the new kind of version. remixed version, the I remixed version it. on "Give Me Some Truth," the new box? That's a way better version. Way better because it's Elton's. Elton's a little muted on that one. <laughs> it's like mute. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the, um, the the show we just did on Two Legs with Ghosty, he and he made a great analogy with whatever gets you through the night, sounding like the opening of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that was when I was watching this that this morning. That was funny because it's he's right. It's it's like you listen to whatever gets you through the night. It's like live from New York. It's Elton John and John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but uh, Lennon, yeah, definitely um, remember. Mind games, remember, and how I think are just you know, I mean, that could that could change that third song, but definitely remember and definitely mind games. I mean, my yeah, it's it was the first mind games was the first foray into my journey into the Beatles. Like I, I you know I do a Paul McCartney podcast with Tom, but John Lennon was my first entry into anything related to the Beatles. I didn't even know he was in the Beatles. I just my dad had the records, and I'm like, this is pretty good. And then I'm going through the records and I see the same guy on all these, on these covers or with these three other guys on these other covers. And I'm like, what is this? You know, so not your normal way of people dis of discovering. And I'm sure you have a similar tale. Oh, Imagine was gifted to me on my birthday with a turntable. <laughs> I, I played that to death. Before any Beatles, right? Before any Beatles. And then Interesting. Sergeant Pepper, the weekend of the 50th anniversary, and I have never looked back. <laughs> four, uh, that'll be four years, that's four years ago. This, uh, when did that come out? The, 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 the 50th? 
20 yeah. may of 27 that's so it's that's four years ago already i know it's crazy and uh we've gotten a lot of beetle product in those four years haven't we <laughs> yes like the beetles i'm so worn out on like i play solo beetles and that's like it Be yeah because and I know Ken Michaels always talks about this too, because when you when you when you when you whack up all the four solo Beatles, you know you got fifty plus years when you when you count them all of of music of solo music, thirteen main canon albums of the Beatles, and they're fantastic. But you know if you if you go down the rabbit hole with the Beatles for a few months, you're going to go through everything pretty quickly. Yeah, like with Ringo albums, I still need to brush up on a few on Spotify. Like yeah. Because how much listening can you do? I mean, that's why that's why Tom and I do the McCartney. That's why Tom started Two Legs. I mean, he's he's told this. He was like, well, do we do Beatles? Do we just do John? And he was like, well, Paul's we can do we can do one on Paul because there's so much to do on Paul. There's he's got so much to cover, and he's right about that. I I think um, with the you know with everything that Paul's done, it's easy to kind of just focus one on one podcast, but. Um, you know, it's nice to see that there are other, there are Lennon podcasts, Glass Onion podcast with Anthony, who we've had on. And, you know, you're now you're in the world and you kind of, you kind of, the way you do your show, Hudson, is you kind of just dedicate each show, a show to each Beatle, each solo career, pretty much. Yeah. Kind is that of, how you do it? Yeah. Kind of like Tom Moore talk, but just one host. Right. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So next track. Yeah. This is a rocker. Oh, I love this track. You you're you're playing it. Oh, play and repeat. I'll say um I'm I'm playing it but I don't love it. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um wonky lyrics, you know, tight as with a dollar sign. I remember being a kid looking at this lyric sheet. I'm like, what is going on in this song? You know? It's like <laughs> like this is like a modern day Lennon song almost. It is. Um Good little rocker, um, you know, tight as you can make it, hard and slow and hard enough. I mean, it's 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 got a it starts right away, boom boom, you know, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I I would say it, I I never used to like this one as much, but I I like it a lot more now. So definitely play it tight as it's for sure. On you. Oh yeah. Good. Not like um somebody with off the ground. No. I will never let him live that down. Nor should you. I know. Nor should you. And, uh, you know, I think he likes it a lot more now than he yeah. did before he met me. <laughs> I almost cried in that episode with Mayo. Oh, my God. When we did the one with Joe Mayo yeah. back in December. I know. Yeah, he was. Well, we had him outnumbered two to one there. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. So, next track, Asuma Sen. I Assume? play this song. Is, it's a play for you? Yeah. Is it a play for you? Big play. Oh, big play i agree key again i we just talked a few minutes ago how it's a little bit meandering and plotting but um uh i think it's a great song great great guitar solo on there by david spinoza towards the end of the track he just lets loose on the guitar solo at the end of Asumasen. um I, I think you know i love that whole you know i like when it changes the chord changes and it goes to all that i know is what you tell me i, lo I love that part um i think that's fantastic um originally started life as call my name in a, as a 1971 demo oh i didn't know that yeah started life as call my name now well you have the you have the you have the 2002 on there and call my name is on there as a bonus track 
Oh, that. Um, oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was. Um, I'm, see, these are the years of bootlegs just <laughs> filling up my brain. Asimusen. No, I'm sorry. It is on here, but it's it's titled Asimusen home version. But when you listen to that so, that demo version, he's saying it's just call my name. Okay. Now that I've heard the one time I've listened to those demos, now I remember that. It was called my it was called Call My Name. But um definite standout on Mind Games is this track. So we're we're both on the same page there. Yeah. There's it's just it's just a perfect song, I think. And <sighs> you know, talking to the Yoko apologizing for the Yeah. I mean there's so much imagery with this record in terms of you know where he's at. You know, this is really this record was produced at the kind of the beginning of the lost weekend. He was still in New York. This was done at the record plant and it was finished up by the time he had went to LA in November. So he would already left. So the album was started in New York. And then when he was promoting mind games and the album came out in November of 73, he and Yoko had already kind of taken their break. Cause if you've seen that very famous interview of John Lennon on the beach with the short cropped hair talking with Elliot Mintz, that's right. That's in November of 73, right as Mind Games came out. So, um, yeah, I mean, even down to the cover, you know, Yoko's big head and he's walking away, you know, so there's a lot of foreshadowing and imagery. Yeah, just as Hudson's holding up there. So that, you know, so it's uh, he's saying he's sorry. And um, I think it's a fine track uh, from this album and um, should be, you know, and I really can't wait until this album gets this new box set treatment because can you can you wait wait till you see these these ultimate mixes of these songs i mean you're gonna love that we're gonna this is gonna get reappraised big time i think i i agree with you i mean walls and bridges went to number one deservedly so but mind games you know i mind games is like uh, for me it's like i equate it and it's like it's like my red rose speedway that's what it is for me yeah same year same year for solo music probably the best there was a great talk more talk on that did you ever see that one Maybe I did. About they did. A, they did. What was the best year of all the solo Beatles? And or no, I don't know if it was Talk More Talk. It might have been Things We Said Today. I think okay. it was Things We Said Today. And they universally said 1973 was the year. <laughs> yeah, unanimous. Yeah, I mean, um, also overlooked. Like Ringo and Material World. As much as I love those two albums, this gets overlooked. Same with Red Rose. Right, because you know um george did very commercially well with give me love give me peace on earth and of course ringo with the ring with the self-title with the other beatles helping him on that record also yeah. so that that be that john kind of kind of gets lost in the middle there in 73 with with mind games because i think i think it was i think a lot of it had to do with the fallout from from sometime in new york city you know yeah. That was such, uh, you know, I think went to number 48 or something in the charts. So John really had to rehab his image musically after that record. And th this album does that. But when you compare it to what McCartney was doing in 73, Live and Let Die single comes out. Right. Um, Red Rose, My Love, the single, Red Rose Speedway, the James Paul McCartney special. George has, you know, uh, Living in the Material World. And then Ringo, John kind of fell under the radar. And to your point, um, when Sean and the team, you know, remix this one with that wonderful team that has been doing all this stuff, I think you're right. People are going to be like, holy crap, what a great record this is. Yeah, I'm going to be yelling at some people that don't appreciate this album after. And Good. I'll, I'll yell with you. <laughs> yeah. 
but this has really gone up in stature as an album. Like, I can name two other people that say that this is their favorite Lennon album. Oh, really? Ken Michaels and Ethan. Ken Michaels, I knew. I did not know. I did not know that it was Ethan's too. Yeah, but yeah. So moving on to the next track. Well, I think we know. I think we know. Well, I don't know how you feel, but we know how I feel. I think I can guess. How do you feel? Yep. <laughs> Are you skipping it? Yes. Okay, we're two for two on this. So, um, why are you skipping it? Like, is it just because of the falsetto, as I mentioned earlier, or no? I love Lennon. I play this in the context of the album, but if I'm gonna, I would not play this album just to hear this song. It's one of the very few clunkers in Lennon's solo career. It's <laughs> especially on the original LP. You make a good you make a good point like you're not going to bust out mind games and just go to track four just to hear one day at a time however we might do that to hear mind games or bring on the lucy or out the blue or you know or i know you know the, yeah. we're, we're we're not taking out and going oh i want to hear that falsetto and i want to hear those wonderful backing vocalists um which I've never actually found anything about it. the fact that they're they're only credited as if you look at the, the well the lyric sheet or the, the info sheet here with the original record, um, <laughs> backing chorus is credited to a group called Something Different. That's the, that's their name. That could have been two ladies in the office. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> so there's different. It certainly is, and it's why it's it's why that's that song is a skip for you and I. But so next track, bring on the Lucy, play and repeat. Play and repeat times 10. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm running, this is the song from the album that I play. Is this the one you, yeah, if you're going for a jog, you throw this one on? Oh, of course. I mean, uh, and I was, I wanted to look it up before we went on the air, but I, I, I forgot. It, this song was actually featured in the credits of a movie that came out in the early 2000s. Oh, something of children of something i'm gonna look it up real quick if you don't mind me here hold on okay um yeah bring on the lucy um let's see i forget what song let's see it was in a movie hold on children of men now i've never seen that film but i just remember at the time that movie came out and in the Beatles forums of worlds, everybody was like, Hey, bring on the Lucy is actually in the credits of this film, children of men, um, which, you know, obviously the director, you know, he knew his, he knew his good solo Lennon um, just from the opening of that track, you know, all right, boys, this is it over the hill. You're like, what is, and then it, boom, it just shoots right at you. Just, I mean, and it hooks you instantly. I mean, yeah. doesn't it? it? Of course it does. Like, this was the one song that I really liked on the first listen. Right away, right? Yeah, when I was nine, and I got this album in Maine, I think. And I, six hours away, no turntable. So, like, a week later, coming back, I ran, flopped this on my turntable. I think I got the Hey Jude album as well up there. And oh, yeah. I, I played both of those, and this... It took a while for the album to grow on me, but this was like the first song other than Mind Games and Sumacent that were like, boom. Right. Now, again, the, the backing vocals of the, the are on here, you know, when they with the Free the People Now stuff. Uh, like um, right. But you hear you hear you like them, whereas on one day at a time, you thought it was too, too schmaltzy, right? Right. 
Um, but this this is uh, this is this is again this. If I'm doing a top ten of Lennon so my, of Andy's favorite Lennon songs, this is on there too. Um, I agree. If and it's uh, it's funny. It's kind of a throwback to um, the sometime in New York City political stuff because it's you know it's you know you know we don't care what flag you're waving you know you know all this kind of you know six 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 all this kind of big brother stuff you know so it, it's it's kind of a political song but it's it's light enough and strong enough melodically that you can kind of i i never thought of i never kind of viewed this as like oh Lennon being political i just thought it was a good song yeah i mean i'm a political nerd so this is like that's probably why i like sometime in new york city Right. Yeah. And if you, and because if you gravitate towards that stuff and you like it, then you're going to, you're going to go for it, but you know, free the people now. So it's obviously, it's got that kind of, you know, late sixties, you know, peace and love thing kind of throughout it. But I, I don't really care because the song is so, it's got so many hooks. He is, he is off the charts with his wordplay in that song. Yeah. Maybe it inspired Ringo. You think? Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe it did. Maybe it did. Um, yeah, and again, if seek out that that Lennon anthology if you can, if you can find it streaming or whatever, because there's a nice there's a nice rough mix of Bring on the Lucy on that box set as well. I'll look that up. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, and I guess this. Oh, do we get the three seconds of silence to close out? Yeah, we do. How could we? How could we? How could we skip that? The national. <laughs> yeah. So side one closes with the old Newtopian International Anthem. Skip it or play it. Oh, I lost you. I lost you again. Okay. Now you're back. Now you're back. Zoom. Oh, Zoom. Come on, Ringo. You're supposed to be helping us zoom in, zoom out here, and you're not helping us out. No. I wonder if Zoom, I wonder if Zoom gave him any, like, you know, little little you know cash on the side for promoting you know their their program <laughs> um yeah so we're both we're both playing bring on the lucy um are we skipping or playing the newtopian international anthem all right my only complaint is i still don't hear anything on this mix i still don't hear any sound from that <laughs> there should you should hear like some hiss you should i hear like a and, and that's it yeah. okay well I'm gonna play it. I'm playing it. Play it. <laughs> I'm I'm playing it. It's only three seconds. I mean, how do you skip it? It's only three seconds. And besides, when on the album, you know, that was it. Like you heard "Bring on the Lucy," and it was like, oh, side one's over. No, you had three seconds. You had the anthem. You had the anthem. Pretty much. But yeah, I'll play this song. Why not? It's it's on there, and it's only three seconds before we flip her over or we continue the CD. If you're listening to that remix to um, "Intuition." Oh, what a highlight of a song this is. Why do you like it? The lyrics are just funny. It's kind of perky. Bouncy. It's a bouncy tune. Kind of reminds me of something that could have been on the McGear album almost. Yeah, which which I have to admit, I don't know that album all that well. And I really need to listen to it because my partner and I want to do a show on that. And I have not, I couldn't tell you one song on that album. I like the opening song, Sea Breezes. Okay, so you like Sea Breezes, so that's the which is a cover, I think. Okay, yeah, um, that's good to know because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nice to know that, like, everybody raves about that album. Oh my McGear, it's like the Lost Wings album, really. If it was so good, Paul would have put it out. It's quirky, 
it's weird. Okay. Because Tom swears by that thing. Oh my God, my gear, it's so great. I'm like, it's like frog riveting, so it's like we all stand together plus seafood. <laughs> Which I know you love here. All, we all stand together. I do. You can't, you, oh, you don't like it, right? You can't stand it? Probably my least favorite McCartney song with like half of flowers in the dirt. Yeah, that's right. I know you don't like, you don't like half, half of flowers you're down on, which, hey, that's cool though. Different. Ground or flowers? What do you pick? <sighs> flowers. Okay. Flowers. Only because of what, only because it was the beginning of like Paul coming back again and really kind of going out there and touring and stuff. That album did so much to rejuvenate his career. I kind of just view off the ground as chapter two of that period. So that's all. Yeah, I think Ken Michaels won it when I told him that that was my least favorite McCartney album. Was I, he shocked? I, yeah, he was. <laughs> and I felt bad. Well, we love Ken, but, but Ken, Ken would defend, you know, Ringo reading Webster's Dictionary from A to Z and say, you know, how can you not like that? It's tremendous. Which I respect that. A lot. I do too. He, he's got a passion and a career unparalleled to any, but uh, Ken loves everything. <laughs> he does, except gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> <Actually, laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And Maybe. too. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Intuition is a song that um, I I'll play it. I, I don't skip it. Um, light, jumpy thing, um, quirky, kind of kind of weird organ going on through it a little bit. Um, it's a kind of it's a it's a it's a bouncy song that's not very typical of John Lennon. You don't hear him doing these kind of songs. Right. It's it's almost like more of a McCartney poppy kind of Penny Lane riff in a way. You're right. You know? Yeah, it does. Um, so, but uh, because of that, uh, it's again, the whole mood of this album is light and relaxed. You know, there's nothing too serious. It's even lighter than imagined. You know, it's not as it's not as deep. It's not as raw as Plastic Ono Band. It's not as it's not as uh, heavy or sweet as imagined. It's just it's just an album. You know, and I think that's that's why in the '70s it kind of fell into the rear because it wasn't it wasn't some big grand statement. It wasn't here's Plastic Ono Band, John rearing a soul, or here's here's sweet John with sugar and strings doing imagine it was or political. It was just an album. And I think that's why it's kind of gotten lost in the shuffles. And a lot of these tracks like intuition are, are like, you know, they don't set the world on fire, but they're damn good nonetheless. And that's why we play them. I mean, it's like a sister album to walls and bridges. It really is. Totally agree. I mean, same like with 33 and a third and George Harrison. Their sister albums. Sister albums, through and through. You could you could play them back to back. You really could. <clears throat> Dark Horse and Extra Texture too. I think a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think I think they work better with. I think Thirty Three and a Third and Self Titled could that could be like a double album. <laughs> so same with Material World and Brainwashed. Yes. Really? Totally, totally agree. <laughs> but yeah, what, yeah. So you're 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 playing Intuition, right? Oh yeah, ten out of ten song. When? All right. Next up. Out of the blue. Which for years I always thought was out of the blue, and I because subconsciously you just it's think that. An apple jam. It's not. It's not an apple jam. You're right. <laughs> what a beautiful song. It's. This really should have been like a second single. Oh, it should have been. Um. Partners, a wedding song. It was. It was. Um. Great choice. Uh, 
I mean, it's it's a perfect song. Lot, lot, you know, just you hear that nice acoustic guitar intro. It you're like, ooh, what is this is gonna? You know, when you hear that acoustic guitar, it's gonna be something special. Yeah. Um, you know, out of the blue, you came to me, and then you know, just that, boom, and it goes right into the every day, boom, you know, all that. It's um, again, and the, these are some strong lyrics. Yeah, some of the strongest lyrics he ever wrote. I think. yep, you know, uh, you know. I mean, I know it kind of seems very ordinary. Out of the blue, out of the blue, you came to me and blew away life's misery. It, it works, but uh, you know, then kind of the, the verses are so strong, though, right? All my life's been a long, slow knife. I was born just to get to you. Uh, so again, this, these are this is the John and Yoko themes, like right. So they're they're apart right now, and he's apologizing to her on side one, and now he's like, you know, wishing that he was back with her, probably subconsciously. Um, I agree. Definitely. I think those themes are very present on this. And then we'll, we'll see that that is probably the case really on later on when we get to uh, the second to last track on the album, You Are Here, which is obviously. Um, but Out the Blue is a, a definite play it. And if, I'm, if, I'm, if we were ranking the tracks like we do with McCartney albums on this, Out the Blue was probably, you know, three. Oh. After, after Mind Games and um, Free the People, I'd put Out the Blue three. Agree. Well, I know, I know, it's got to be in the top three. Well, come on, man. That's that's your namesake. Come on, people. <laughs> come on, people. Let the world begin. Yeah. We've got a future, and Andy's charging in because he really likes that song. I don't care what you say, Tom. Okay. Good. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> ah. We're All up. Right. We're up to only people. Curious on this one. Tell Skipper, play it. You're skipping yeah. it, aren't you? I knew it. Let me guess, you play it. I play it, I play it, but I don't go out. I play it because when I'm playing the album, it's just on there. This is one of those songs I'm not going out of my way to put on just to listen to like I would do with a Out the Blue or a Free the People or Mind Games. That's or, what I, I don't skip songs. So this is like, unless it's like. I'm, I'm going to skip it. I'll skip it too. Okay. I'm going to skip it. In fact, this was used, fun fact, on a kind of rare or, or there was some kind of Japanese commercial like selling shoes or something like way back in the day or something. I don't know exactly, but it was this, this song was used on a Japanese television commercial eons ago. And I remember seeing it going, that's only people in, in, a, in, a, in a television commercial. I mean, no joke. Yeah, maybe in your comments, somebody can tell us which one it was, but it was definitely used in a commercial. I, I'm sure somebody will know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this song could have had a lot more potential. You know, because again, this is one of those ones I'm trying to think. I think this song started life as a demo song called Sally and Billy, which you should look that up because the chorus is the same. The, the, um, the, um, let me see. Yeah. Um, not the, the, um, I have to think, I just can't think of it in my head at the moment, but they're, they're, this song basically started life as a demo song called Sally and Billy, which morphed into Only People. Um, you know, with the whole, well, I know how hard we tried, you know, and that that part of Only People is what was part of Sally and Billy. Right. Um, I think I've heard that demo somewhere. Yeah. And um, it's, again, this is like another one of those kind of jumpy numbers that are kind of in the vein of intuition, but uh just a little on the corny side, so skip. Yeah, I, I think that if you had, like, the Beatles, this could have been, like, 
one of those songs that you wish the Beatles were on to make it better. Agree. A bit, yeah, if you think what Paul and George and Ringo could have added to the song, it would have been a hell of a lot better than, oh, than you know. Well, Paul, see, this is where Paul would have cleaned the lyrics up a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Like John would have probably, he probably would have said, look, let's, let's, let's make this a really good song. Yeah, not a filler track. It, it, and it's filler. It's filler. Um, but filler Donald, is good Lennon. Because, right, because there's only, filler Lennon is, is still good Lennon. So how, so how many have we skipped so far? Not too many. We've skipped one day at a time and this, right? Yeah. There's one more skip on the album for me. Okay. I, I think, I think I know which one that is. I think. Nope. Never mind. That isn't a skip. I'm thinking of a different album. All right. Um, so now we go to, now we come to your namesake. Yes. So this was not the original namesake of this show. It was not. So this show was like for the first two or three weeks was called Cracker Box Podcast. But when I was like, oh, let's put this on Podbean. Of course, there's another show called that. Is that why you changed it? I never found out why you changed it. Because I remember seeing Cracker Box and I'm like, this is cool. And then then I saw I know I know pop up and I'm like, wait, is this another new show? Or is it was this the same? It was just you again. Same show. But, you know, of course, I decided to... Um, <laughs> move to anchor as a hosting service because i don't want to have to pay for podbean yeah and i want to get on spotify for free right which can you do that through anchor yeah okay well how much is podbean i think it's nine dollars a month for the unlimited oh okay but yeah but but you can do it you can hold you can host for free and then so that's why you went when you uploaded it they said oh there's already a podcast called this so you changed it yeah now, how did you come up with I Know, I Know to change that? Is it because just your affinity for the song or you thought it worked as a title, show title or what? Well, so I'm like scrolling through every single solo album and every single Beatle album. Right. And I almost called the show What's That You're Talking About? A play on What's That, What's you're, that doing? you're Doing. Sure. But And then I almost called it I Want to Tell You About the Beatles. That could have worked, but then that's more like Beatles and you want to focus on solo, right? Yeah, and I almost called this We Don't Believe in Beatles, but of course there's a show called that. Which yep. Try to find them now. <laughs> 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 but of course, but yeah. But so I just decided, you know, I know, I know. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, again, buried on the deep, I mean... I, I'm sure this is this is a play for you, yes? Oh, of course. Yeah, 10 out of 10? Like, yeah, like top five solo Lennon songs. It gets on my top 10. Um, <laughs> if anything, if anything detracts this song a little bit, it just might be the whole little at the end, the, the no more crying bit might go on yeah. a little bit too long. Maybe that could have been shaved a little bit, but even still, it's still a fantastic song. Um if it was on shave fish they would have shaved it like they did with half the songs that's right yeah that thing is just a that thing's a mastering mixing nightmare that record i mean lennon even knew that episode where we trash this i'm gonna trash this compilation someday you can but you have to also keep in keep in mind that it's the only compilation that lennon oversaw in his lifetime right. so on that merit alone it, it it should be held in a little bit of a higher regard even though it's a mess and the, the the mixes are all not the really what they should be. We'll the fact that he, right, the fact that he oversaw it, the artwork. I mean, it was pretty. 
pretty interesting. And that was my, again, that was the, that was my introduction. That was that record. I mean, like, I know how everybody likes Trash Wings Greatest, but that's how I got into Paul. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, then you have like the whole, like, um, I mean, it was just, and then at the end of it, I think side two ends with the uh, happy Christmas. And then you hear those last few strands of them doing, I guess, give peace a chance, which was yeah. from the live concert in Madison square garden in 72. Didn't know that at the time. I was just man playing that as a record. I'm like, okay, this song ends. What is this? Like, what is this little thing at the end of the, just a, a weird record, but uh, very kind of creative cover. Uh, I don't know. I think. Oh, one, I, of the, one of the best covers ever. I want to, I'm going to take a guess here that Roy Kohara did the artwork for that, but because he was Capitol's artwork man. Yeah, that's what it says on the back. It was Roy Kohara. Yeah, because Roy did a lot of uh, album artwork for Capitol. So interesting design, you know, probably contractually obligated to do it because it was the last, it was the last album that he did uh, that he put out before Double Fantasy because Rock and Roll, of course, came out in February. Uh, I want to say probably in the fall of 75. Yeah, that seems about right. Um, because rock and roll came out in February. It could have been, it could have been a little, it could have been a little bit sooner. Um, but I want to say the fall of 75 is when that came out. So, um, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's too bad it wasn't done the right way to your point. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I know, I know, um, man, the years have passed so quickly. One thing I've understood, I'm only learning to tell the tree from wood. Okay. I don't know what to tell the trees from wood means. I don't care because it just that, that it sounds great. So good. Bingo. <laughs> I relate to this song so much. I just I don't know why, but it like speaks to me. And that's and funny thing is is that this cover is my fans on the run artwork. There you go. <laughs> Ethan, thank you, Ethan. You're helping Beetle helping Beetle podcasters everywhere. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> that's right. Um I've read a theory that I know I know. Or, or what that people think that it's some kind of subliminal message to Paul as like a as like a thank you. Yeah, I wonder that too. And it's a nice thought to have. Of course, we'll never know. Um, and you often wonder if you think of like if Paul had heard that song, you know, what, what does he think of it? You know, because you don't hear Paul talk about Lennon's songs too much. You know, I know he did that recent podcast for John's 80th birthday with um, Sean and uh and julian and stuff and sean asked him about like you know what songs of my dad's do you really know and kind of paul just kind of danced around it was like you know he said the usuals you know imagine and you know happy christmas you know i would love if somebody did an, like a feature where paul actually listened to john's songs and really critique them wouldn't that be interesting i would love to see him do that with you know ringo he was kind of always there but like um with john and george's catalog just I listening to it like you know what could i have added to this or i or like have, have him be very frank and say oh, i think john was a little nutters on this track or it wasn't good or i could have done like i would have i i would love to know their thoughts on all their 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 albums you know i agree you know and i i think i know i know it it probably has nothing to do with paul but it's a nice it's just a, it's a nice thought to have um because, you know, he's telling you the years have passed so quickly. I mean, that, again, this could be a Yoko thing. The Yoko th probably it's Yoko or Paul. It's it's probably Yoko, but you can apply Paul to this, you know, um, you, you know, today I love you more than yesterday. Right now, I love you more right now. Um, yeah, again, the, you, the, the whole ooh, no more crying thing is probably my least favorite part of the song. But man, 
just that open, just those opening chords. Boom, doom, 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 doom. I mean, that's, you know, and then he just delivers such a great vocal delivery on it. You know, who doesn't, who doesn't hear this Lennon singing the years have passed so quickly. One thing I've understood and their, their ears go perk up going, Ooh, this is a, this is, this is a good song. That was me. Not pun, not intended. That was me. Boom, doom. Oh, I love that song. Oh God. Skip that one. Oh, don't say that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, this is a, uh, you have, you have this top, this is your, this is in your top Lennon, top 10 Lennon songs of all time. Yeah. Top 20, including Beatles, probably. Including Beatles too. Wow. Um, I have to agree with you. Play it, play it for sure. Play repeat. Definitely. Um, and again, you just when I really look forward to the day when the ultimate mixes box comes out of mind games, you should really do a, you need to do like a Mayo type video on it. Since you really like you love this and walls and bridges a lot. You should really, you do one, you do a video on that when that comes out. Yeah. That'll be the first box set where I sell half of my other kidney. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. To get it. Yeah. Well, if you have Spotify, it'll be available streaming. I don't like streaming. I don't either. It's only for Ringo's albums. Bingo. Bingo, Ringo. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, um, well, sidetrack, but streaming streaming is convenient, but I wouldn't rely on it as your bread and butter, you know, because it, you can't. And to hear McCartney 3 at midnight. That's that's the great thing for it, right? Because, like, you know, Tom and I have pre-ordered Plastic Ono Band the Box, and that might come a day or two after release date, but there's nothing to stop it from, like, because I think the, the physical boxes have been pushed back a few weeks, but on on April 16th, when that drops at midnight, we can we can listen to it. So for that reason, I like streaming, but we we people like to have our physical stuff. Yeah, I was so lucky because December 18th, they canceled school. So I had the whole day to devouch McCartney. Man, was there snow? Is that why? Yeah. Mm. I live I mean I'm in Vermont. Yeah, so yeah, you're in Snowland. And Tom, I think, took the day off to go to the to go to the targets. I remember him texting me. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. I can it work. Oh yeah. He got the green target vinyl like that day. <laughs> Ripped the shrink right off it. I'm sure. Right off. Right Ooh. off. Think, I think he, I think he's up to 10 copies of McCartney three. I'm up to one and it's staying at one. Sealed or open? Oh, open, but shrink on. Shrink on. Okay. <laughs> but it's one of the uh, reissues. Which one? Yeah, 2021. I'll show you after the show. But, okay. But yeah. They, it's already been reissued? The album came out two months ago, three I'll months ago. You. Okay. But, um, so. Yeah. Moving but, on. You are here. What are you doing? I'll play it in the context of the album, but this involve this is like one of his lesser songs. I feel like going to sleep and listen to this song, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, again, this obviously is Yoko because her exhibition that he saw that he put on for her was You Are Here. Right. Um, again, I, I like the image. I like the imagery of this song from Liverpool to Tokyo. It's a long way to go. Um, but I think it's kind of a, it's a bland lyric, you know, wherever you are, backing vocals. Sounds like a Smolchy Paul song. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think this one was uh, a little bit of a half, half-assed, uh, 
writing attempt. Pardon my French. It, it's just, you know, um, yeah, because when you go from I know, I know, you've got this, and then to the album, The Closer, <laughs> this is kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, like, because Meat City, as we'll get to, I mean, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole, that's a song out of left field, which is not even in context of what the, the whole album up until this point is pretty much low key, pretty chill, you know, feed, you know low key, you know, kind of very, and then, you know, you got You Are Here, which, so I'm, I'm, I'm skipping it too. I'm, I'm, I, I'll skip this track. I will. But it's still like a six out of 10 song. Yeah. Yeah. Six out of five out of 10, six out of 10, but definitely skip it. So moving on to the closing track, play and repeat. Ditto. Um, One man. of the most underrated B-sides by any of the four solo Beatles. Hands down. Agree. Um, dare I say it's Lennon's best B-side. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it probably is Lennon's the best piece side. Um, you know, it just comes out of nowhere. You're, you're, you're in this tranquil state listening to You Are Here, right? And you hear this, well, and you're like, whoa, what is this? And um, again, the lyrical wordplay in this song, you know, you know, <laughs> finger licking, chicken picking, meat city, shook down USA. <laughs> That's so Lennon. So Lennon. This is, you know. Uh, and it's just got a good riff, you know. Well, I've been to China to see for myself, and then uh, yeah, it's you know great. Everything, the hooks are in this song. Everything, you know, everything but the kitchen sink really is in Meat City. Um, and it's got that weird ending, right? It just kind of stops, and he's going, "Who is that? Who is that?" And it just fades out. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a perfect way to close the album. Oh man, um, and again, it, it holds the distinction. It's a the vinyl, the out, the version on the album, is different than the version on the forty-five. Correct. Um, is that a UK forty-five. It is a UK forty-five. Oh, you lucky person! Yeah, which I bought in the UK on one of my trips. One of your Liverpool. It actually was before Liverpool. Um, I, I went to England a couple times with my family, um, and I, I got this then. It was before the Liverpool experience, so I think this was. Uh, I think at the time it was like five or six pounds, which was about 10 or $11 back then. Somewhere in England. Somewhere in England. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's this. So yeah, Meat City has the, uh, the on this one, it says, check the album, right? Is the backwards yeah. message? Yeah. And then on the, on what, what, what do we, and then we have the expletive on the vinyl on the, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Which John was always very apt to say quite a bit as we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Meat I think Meat City is a great track. I'd love to actually. I'm not really big on people covering Beatles music, kind of tying into like the McCartney three reimagined. I, I could care. That. Don't. Yeah, yeah. I know you said in our in our chat that, that you're not buying it. I'm not buying it either. But I would love to hear a, a new artist take new take on Meat City. I would love to see Ringo do a take on this. I see. Does Ringo even know about Meat City? He probably has never even heard it. No, probably not. You but know, because wailing off on the drums oh i don't know if he, he could even do it now um he, he looks like he looks younger than me and he's he's 81 he's gonna he's gonna be 81 um yeah and actually this song this song started life as a little rocker called shoeshine interesting it started as a song called shoeshine um again it's on a, it's on a, it's available on a ton of Lennon bootlegs but you can hear that initial germ of an idea that becomes later later becomes meat city uh as this as the song shoe shines and yeah but 
definitely yeah. def, definitely play it and i actually think it's this is the, the other tracks can be kind of sequenced however this one is properly sequenced to close the album would you agree i would agree and this is the only per i don't like the mix on this cd i don't why it seems too spaced out for me personally yeah I like the cluttered feel on this. You like well, on on uh, for for Meat City. Well, let's 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 talk about that a little bit now. Now that we've kind of we've skipped or played all the tracks and we're playing just about all of them. Um, three, I think. Yeah, yeah, three. I think three. Um, the original recording from '73. You know, of course, it was just and it's this is well documented, but it was so muddy. And this is it was so muddied and densely produced. And this John Lennon produced this record. You see, so there was no fill. Voice. <laughs> no so he's going to do anything he can to mask it and, and disguise it and um it really really i mean you know the first the vinyl the first edition on cd that emi put out in 1987 okay. which which is this one here with the blue this is the initial run that emi did basically mimicking the 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 um vinyl release it's dense now that's why early 2000s come and you're hearing that, you know, these albums, Plastic Ono Band, Imagine, Mind Games, you know, they all, between 2000 and 2005, all the Lennon's albums were remixed, as we've discussed. And the Mind Games remixing from 2002, for, I think for, if I can speak for Hudson and myself, is Heads and Shoulders, like the best one about all of them. Oh, and, the best one. Um, because it brightened up the dense production of the 73 the original mix that John did. You hear, you hear, you can hear mind games. It's brighter. It's clearer. John's vocals are more prominent. They're not so buried in the mix. All of the songs, I seem to send, bring on the Lucy, out the blue, especially. And I, I know, oh, I know, right? I agree. Those, those tracks in particular on the remix. Like, boom. It just, it, it, it brightens it up and it's really, um it's, you know, at the time these come out and you buy them and you think they're going to be around forever. And now we're here's, you know, you know, Hudson, you know, he's, he's just got the CD through, a, you know, through a Beatle podcast friend because you can't buy these things anymore. And it, that's really unfortunate because, you know, they should, you know, they should be heard. And, and um, because the remix job that was done on this CD is phenomenal. And it's, it's the, it, I mean, I have a very good friend of mine that I work with and, He's also a big Beatle fan, and he's like, "Hey, look, man, Mind Games." He goes, "That that 2002 remix, that's the gold standard." I said, "You're right," and it's nice to see that other people agree. Yeah, and I, I, it's perfect. Like the 2010 mix. Now, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, tell these two apart. You really can't. Now, so yeah. So in 2010, John's 70th birthday, Yoko the Camp puts out the box set of all his albums, and. Mind Games comes out again, but now it's restored to the original way that John wanted them because I don't know how true this is, but you know, apparently some people were not really happy that John's original recordings were messed with and remixed and tweaked and artwork and so forth. So the when at that time, since over there, that was okay. This is we're gonna put these out as John originally intended to them. So you had a nice, like it had a nice. It had a nice packaging. You know, it was a it was a gatefold CD that opened up like this. Oh, that's nice. So the packaging was nice. You had some nice photos in it. Um, you had a nice essay on the out because which kind of give, you know, contextualizes the period 
for everybody, which I believe was done by um, Anthony D. Curtis, I want to say. I can't remember. Um, it might have been Anthony D. Curtis. Let me see. Um, see, this was done by Alan Rouse, Paul Hicks, and Sean McGee, who are the guys that did the Beatles 2009 remasters. Um, oh, no, the sleeve notes were by Paul DeNoyer. Excuse me, Paul DeNoyer. So, um, yeah, I don't even know if the 2010 box set is available. It's probably out of print like everything else. Um, it, is. It's, it is. It's out. So, um, no, it's still in print. Oh, it is still in print. So, the vinyl is. The vinyl is, yeah. So that was nice. But what I loved about the 2002, as you have there, is you actually got in the booklet reproductions of stuff in the trade magazines. You know, you got to yeah. see where things were, where it, where it charted. And there it is right there. So it was in there. It was in our hands the whole time. We didn't know. It charted at number 10. Yeah. And the single went to 18. I looked up. The single. To, okay. The single did go to 18. According to Wikipedia. So. Right. Yeah. So again, take that with a grain. So, but. Um, this this edition did a really nice job of kind of showcasing promotional stuff from the period right here, like an advert like that. Is that the single cover? It's a it's a it's a press release. It's not the it's the, it's not the single. It's just a press release because the single, as you saw, was this one here. Oh. Um, um, so that you know, and uh, they just they were done. This one was done so well. I mean, you had snippets cut out from Newsday, uh, and you know. Um, David Marsh, okay, the great writer, the great rock critic, kind of talking about it here uh, in the press clippings there. And of course, on the inside, you had the, the Apple custom labels available too. So this one really, this is how the the archive series really, uh, not the, I'm sorry, when they did all these back then, I feel that they all should have kind of been the, done the same way and they were not. Imagine they were remixed great, but they didn't include all this nice historical context like the Mind Games does. Right. You cut out for a second, but I think it'll record all of it. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, and of course the bonus tracks, the uh Bring on the Lucy, and, uh, you know, the Meat City, the home version, um, the home demo version, see? So, uh, and I love the quotes. Madness is the first sign of dandruff. Only people can change the world. <laughs> That's just perfect. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. So it's it's an album, and I think I have another another copy here. Yeah. When I was no, this was another UK pickup. Oh, did I freeze? Yeah. You froze. Oh, we're both frozen, I guess. Give it a sec. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're frozen. Ringo, why? Come on, Ringo. Oh, you're back now. Okay, yeah. One little cool thing to show is uh, I have a two. I'm not sure what year it was pressed, but this is a Japanese mini LP replica version that uh, kind of reproduces the sleeve on a CD. Oh wow, that's like, nice. Yeah, and then the CD, of course, is the uh, the UK custom label. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, so Japan released a, a bunch of these, and that's that's what this is here. They did the like a, basically a mini LP. Uh, reproduction and then a one final cool little mind games kind of discography i showed hudson this the other day um and i yeah he actually knew more about it than i did was a kind of reimagining uh of the mind games album cover um from 1980 this is on the music for pleasure label and a really different kind of take on the cover um i don't know if some people like this one better i like the original better i don't know about you it's like a bootleg it's not though. It's got the EMI stamp on it. You see? 
Yeah, true. So this is a this is a this is a legit release, you know, on the MFP label. But uh, it must have been a budget release or something. I, I it says I paid ten dollars for it in two thousand and two. So yeah, um, yeah, I think I have a Beatles rock and roll music volume two on that label. On the MFP. Yeah, that MFP label is just like a budget. I, it's got to be a budget, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never really seen too many other records on that label, so I, they're pretty scarce to come by, I would think. Yeah, I don't, it was actually sealed. And then, of course, the, I ripped the shrink wrap because I fell. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Walking back from the store that literally just closed. Oh, just really? Temporarily. Oh, temporarily. Okay. I'll talk to you that, about that after the show. Sure, and, sure. Um, but And I had to take the shrink off. I had to pull it, Tom. Yeah, do you keep the hype stickers, though? Oh, of course I do. See, you have to. You have to. I, I like what Mayo does with his. He he just he leaves the shrink wrap on and just opens up a little. Yeah, that's what I do. Right, that's a good that's a good practice to get into. So, Unless get on it. Living in the material world reissue where I want to see the gate. You want to see the gatefold, right? Yeah. But yeah. McCartney three that does not get removed. You know, yeah, that one stays on, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah. So, yeah. Andy, what would you like to plug? Um, well, listen, I'm the co-host, as most of you are watching this probably know, of uh, a Paul McCartney podcast that I do with my partner, Tom Hanyadi, called Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. We are a weekly show um, that those shows drop every Saturday morning on YouTube, pre-recorded at, uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern. Most of those are with a guest. Sometimes it's with me and Tom um, tackling a range of subjects, anything, you know, the, the, uh, McCartney's done, film reviews, concert reviews, uh, albums uh i've been a member of the team uh about a year and a half now I, I joined up with tom in september or october of 2019 so it's been a while now and we are now uh we drop a, another kind of another series of our shows called ranking the tracks which is live on youtube every wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern standard time where we rank all the tracks to our liking on the main mccartney albums the canon albums um, nothing live, you know, all, all the, just the main Canon albums. And as of this recording, we are up to, we have just done, uh, off the ground. So we have a few more weeks left to take us into, uh, early May and then we're going to finish, but we are going to keep, I know somebody was asking, are you guys going to keep doing, we are going to keep going live on Wednesday nights. We're just going to, you know, come up with a topic to kind of keep it, you know, I think we're going to rank, I think we're going to rank, we're going to rank the albums at some point too, as well. Right. We're going to, we're going to do stuff. We're going to probably do, uh, we'll do some stuff on compilations. We'll do stuff on live albums. So we are going to continue the live part of our show ranking show. It's just going to take a little bit of a different form once we're done um, ranking the tracks as, as they are. So, yeah, but that's, if we're on YouTube, we're up to 543 subscribers as of today. So if you haven't subscribed, please, uh, please do so. And uh, we appreciate everybody checking us out and we have a great support of uh, community of everybody that kind of checks us, you know, checks us out and watches us like our host Hudson here. And he's been a, a follower of ours for, you know, since I came on board and probably before. So we really appreciate um, the plug and, and uh, being out there. So I really appreciate you having me on today. Thank you so much, Andy. So I know, I know is available on YouTube, Spotify, our heart radio, pocket cast anchor and Podbean, and tune in newly. 
I finally got all those squared away. Some other sources I'm still looking out for. But thank you for watching, and thank you for hitting 50 subscribers with me on YouTube. It's been a great journey. As I always say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Bye.